Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Katie Smith and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network, a production of Baylor Athletics. Happy New Year to you, Katie. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, John. I cannot (laughs) believe it is 2023. I Uh, keep saying that. I keep writing 2022 on my emails, on my papers, but uh, we are here in 2023. Do you write checks anymore? (laughs) No. Not so much. Not really. Do you? No, not (laughs) really. No, I don't don't have the checkbook. Sure. Um, That's another story, but (laughs) that's where it catches most people, I think, when they're writing it on a check. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I also made the point earlier this week that we in athletics, this is the 22-23 school year yeah so we kind of have true. a head start yeah you know on thinking 23 yeah it is fiscal year 2023 <laughs> and so now you and start thinking of fy24 and then it's just chaos go. there you go and you always think fiscally so of that's course, very of good course. well in 2023 it's our first sikkim podcast of 2023 and we are pleased to have with us someone that has been a tremendous asset to baylor athletics but she's leaving. Oh, but she's How about leaving. That? You hear people use this phrase, bittersweet, right? And I'm like, it feels more bitter than sweet. And that's completely <laughs> know, selfish. That's it's true. completely selfish. But yes, Don Rogers, our deputy athletics director here at Baylor, is with us today. Don, last day is Friday and then heading to SMU for an incredible position as give me the exact title. So deputy athletic director for internal affairs. Wow. Very yes. nice. Very official. Yes, yes. Very official. Well, you're nothing if you're not official. And <laughs> thanks for being with us. I yeah. can't imagine what you got going on this week. It's, you know, it's a little crazy, but thank you. I'm, I didn't realize I was the first podcast of 2023. There so you this, go. like this would be, this is Sets memorial. the bar right yeah. here. Yeah. Exactly. This is very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're perfect for that. We always love visiting with you. We've had you on several times before. Yeah. Yes. on different topics. Always an honor. But today we want to sort of reflect a little bit and look ahead and uh, uh, tell us about the new position. Did this did this happen quickly? Has this been in the works for a while? It You know, it's it's been in the works for a little bit mm-hmm. as, you know, they advertised the position and, and I saw it and I was just intrigued mm. um, because it, it definitely fits my skill set. And I love the word bittersweet mm. because that's been my word of the week. Yeah. Um, really excited about this opportunity and, and the folks that I've met at SMU, Rick Hart, who's, you know, just um, an icon in this industry and, and just getting to, to talk with him and the staff. I'm really excited about it. But um, leaving Baylor is just, it's just so, so hard. You know, I've been here for five and a half years. Um, it's, this has been a family affair for us. You know, Rob, uh, my husband, is as as big a Baylor fan as I am. And, of course, Owen transferred and played football for us. Um, I'm going to miss looking out that window and 
seeing you know, where practice. he practiced. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That was always my favorite. <laughs> so special. And then, you know, Hazel, as Scott Drew signed her book and said, mm. you know, she's the biggest Baylor fan that we have in Arkansas mm. uh, when she was, a, you know, a, was a student there. And so this is, you know, this is a big piece of our family. And every stop along the way for us, we are in with all, you know, all of our feats are yeah, in because yeah. um, because it's athletics and you you know you love the competition and the people that you get to meet and so this is really a challenging one because I have so many friends here. Yeah, really glad that I'm only 90 minutes away, mm-hmm. so I feel like I you know we can still cross paths and didn't realize until yesterday um, how many friends I have in Dallas. You know, there's mm-hmm. just so oh, wow. many different conference offices and schools, and so I feel really fortunate that I'm not going very far away. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So well said, man, I just kind of want to cry, but I'm not going to. <laughs> no tears. I'm going to no be tears. tough here, Dawn. We are going to be tough. Today. That's our goal. <laughs> it is. So you told us about this position and obviously there have been so many things that have fallen under the umbrella of Don Rogers during her time here at Baylor. And so while some of your experiences will be similar, what, what's kind of the biggest change in that role um, that, that drew you to it? Yeah, I think, you know, one is I I really felt called to come to Baylor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've talked about that before, um, the things that Mac Rhodes outlined for me as he was putting together, you know, the position that I took in 2017. There there were things that really just drew me. Um, And ironically, it wasn't the faith piece. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't choose Baylor. And I think a lot of people choose Baylor because of the platform, because you can really be your authentic self here on your spiritual journey. But for me, it was the things that he had outlined for me that really centered around student-athlete success. You know, Mm -hmm. that's always been for me what you walk in the door is to help our student-athletes be successful, and that's everybody in the department. You know, it doesn't matter what your role is. We all contribute to the success um, for them on the field and in the classroom. And so I really really felt called, and, and as I was you know, especially the last six months as I've looked at some different opportunities, you come to that, I want to say satisfaction or realization that we've been able to accomplish a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of things that were really important and nothing, you know, you never finish a job in Mm -hmm. college athletics because there's every day there's a new challenge, a different challenge. Um, But certainly I I look at a lot of the things um, that I came to Baylor to do and I feel like we have accomplished them or leave them in a much better, much better place. And so when I had gotten, um, you know, opportunities to talk about other jobs in the past, I've always said my work at Baylor is not done. Mm. And I think this was the first time that I said, well, my work at Baylor is not done, but we're at a good place. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think the, the beautiful thing when there's change is it's a great opportunity for Baylor as well, mm. because, a different person with different skill sets and different perspectives will pick up, you know, the different various pieces of work that I've been involved with and, um, you know, put their own touch and and feel to it. And so I'm excited, you know, for that part for Baylor as well. Yeah, for sure. I love that, that you, the work is never done, but you're looking up and you're saying like, here are the goals that we had that I had when I came here and how far Baylor has come in the past five, six years. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. 
we talk about preparing champions for life, and that's a huge part of it, you know, that, yes. that area of student-athlete success. And uh, I just think about, like you were talking about, how much we have grown in that area yes. and how, how much, you know, this is not to be negative toward anyone or, you know, where we were before, but how much better we are in that yes. area. Yeah. Yes, and I really think that's become an evolution. I look back at my career and my stops along the way. That has always been a priority for us that – when you're done competing, are you ready for life? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm experiencing that with my own children, adulting, um, <laughs> as we call it. And they've, you know, I've always said they've, they've been a Petri dish for me because mm-hmm. I've, I've watched them as they've prepared for college and, and then being in school and, and the trials and tribulations and the things the you know, the joys that come with that. But then as I watch them both, postgraduate and see what they really need to be successful. And this is, you know, this is a challenge for every generation, but this generation is so much, you know, so much different Mm -hmm. and the influences that they have in the life, in their lives and the things that they're trying to navigate and figure out. And then I always back it up to say, okay, what are we doing that we can best prepare them? And I, I think that this is an area of tremendous growth for Baylor. I, I think that we do it extraordinarily well because it's a priority for us. It's yeah. how we evaluate our performance. It's not just based on wins and losses, but it's are you ready to go out and be successful mm-hmm. and, and understand all the different things? And our character formation program is just, you know, extraordinary. And I've, again, I've watched that in my own children and, you know, a little bit sometimes when when they forget something, you're like, okay, um, as a parent, maybe I could have done a better job there. Yeah. So it's a combination, certainly, of you know, family and and Baylor as an institution, and that's something that drew me to SMU as well. You know, they have life after ball. That's something that's been mm-hmm. really important um, to Rick and Rick Hart and his time there. And so that's a continuation for me. That's a non-negotiable of are we doing you know are we doing everything that we can to help our student athletes be successful and and to do that you know you have to help your coaches be successful too mm-hmm. and so you're pouring in to the people that are going to pour into your student athletes yeah. so it's really kind of that whole um, circle of people that that we all have to grow and develop to help them be at their best yeah you you mentioned there the relationships with student athletes and I think JMO I think back on the past five years and watching Dawn and just I mean, the relationships you do have with whether you're their sport program administrator or I think about my time as a volleyball student athlete that dons at every game. And so on top of everything that you do here in the office, you've taken the time to build those relationships with student athletes. So tell us a little bit about, you know, having to make this transition and kind of having that conversation with whether it be your men's basketball student athletes or track mm-hmm. and field student athletes of, of how that felt. And I don't mean to make you cry. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a big chicken here. And um, I love that this transition is over break because yeah. we were talking about that with men's basketball. And I said, well, just one day I'm not going to be there. Oh. And, um, so I think that is the most difficult. Yeah. I mean, saying goodbye this week and last week has been, you know, it's kind of peaks and valleys. Yeah, I love when we say goodbye, we cry or laugh or whatever we do and then we move into just giving each other a hard time so that's been (laughs) more that's been more of this week um but it is you know the thing i say about our student athletes is they come and go yeah you know and they come into our lives for four years they you know blow us away because they're going to run the world someday and then they leave yeah and so i think it you know, with the student athletes, it makes it a little bit easier because they are this moment in time. Yeah, um, that's and a that's, great point. You know, that's the world of college athletics. Mm-hmm. I mean, our friends are all over the country. Yeah. Because 
you know, we, we come and go and we develop these incredible friendships. And that has been fun for me on my career Mm -hmm. is just looking back yesterday, getting texts and emails and phone calls from people that had, you know, read it and realizing that you've got these lifelong friendships with people that you've crossed paths with. So I appreciate that a lot. That's awesome. Part of your job, uh, sport administrator for men's basketball. And as such, over the last five and a half years, think about that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The, the, the bubble, a national championship, yes, everything. <laughs> yeah, think about that. That everything yeah. you have been through with men's basketball. Yeah, have truly. I mean, that has been an incredible journey, and and probably for me, coming to Baylor and just where the program was, what Scott has done, you know, the coaches, the people that have been involved with Baylor men's basketball, and so you've come in and you kind of feel like what can I add, Mm. you know, what am I going to do here? This, you know, man is, uh, you know, a future hall of fame coach and, and he has this tremendous staff and, you know, that first year we didn't make it to the tournament Mm. and we were right there. Yeah. And, um, so I've really gotten to see the program at all different stages and, um, you know, and we really, we've had a pretty steady staff Mm -hmm. too, which doesn't happen either. And so I've certainly been thinking about this this week as we've been, laughing and joking we certainly have more stories about the bubble than you yeah. can ever talk about <laughs> yeah. or share my favorite is uh the day that i had everybody's laundry on my bed <laughs> in the hotel room because we were leaving kansas city we were going to indianapolis and we had realized hey they're not going to do our laundry until we make it to we got to make it through the first weekend. Oh my goodness. And so we had, you know, if you think about it, we were gone for 30 days. Wow. I did wow. not drive a car for 30 days. Wow. And so we had made this Crazy. really smart decision that we needed to do our laundry in, in, in uh, Kansas city before we went on. And so, uh, I got a knock on my door probably an hour before our flight was leaving to go, uh, to Indianapolis and a big trunk of laundry. Oh, gosh. And um, all the bags had exploded <laughs> in the dryer. <laughs> no. I was the only woman in the bubble. And so we thought it might be a good idea for me to pick my laundry out before the GA <laughs> sorted the rest of the laundry. That was wise. That feels so wise. So as I was trying right. to pick my laundry out, I said, ah, that's not going to work. And so I dumped 30, 32 34 people's laundry on my oh bed. My and I was clean just, laundry. Yeah, clean it laundry. Clean. It was all yeah. clean. Clean yeah. laundry. And it I had was, been sorted through. I was frantically, <laughs> through yeah. It. Scott will tell you that he lost all his socks. He's oh. like, somehow, <laughs> like, you know, as people were coming to Indy and we were, I, you know, I felt like it was the black market. Like, we were getting packages. Oh, going. my God. He's like, Kelly, I need socks. Like, I need socks. Some, somehow, all of my socks got taken. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's too funny. So many fun memories and fun, fun stories that I feel like keep. Oh, my gosh coming out you talk about we've had a few different men's basketball um staff members on on the podcast recently and one thing jmo and i always talk about is how it feels like the people closest to the program just continue to communicate what what a special group that is and it's cool because we can watch that and we can see it but people experiencing it firsthand so Don, you are kind of, I mean, Scott Drew's right-hand woman for the past five years. And so talk about your relationship with him and, and kind of how that's impacted yeah. you. He, you know, I think Scott, again, is one of those, you know, you just don't encounter um, a lot of people like him mm. um, in your lifetime because he's so competitive. Mm. And at the same time, you know, he puts everything in context. Um, you know, I remember going on the first road trip with them. 
and you know you've got your typical um, pregame meal, scout film. You know you've got a schedule. Everybody kind of knows what the hours are. Well, we had um, you know we had scout film and chapel, and so I you know chapel means a lot of things to a lot of different mm. people. And I you know I sit down for I I don't know what it's going to be, and it's chapel. Mm-hmm. I mean it is you know the assistant coaches do it. And what was really cool was this past uh, Saturday in Ames, Scott did chapel. Mm. I don't know if it was his first one. It's the first time that he's done it that I've been. It's the wow. first one I can remember. Yeah. That he's so, done. you know, and just to have that priority in a program, yeah. um, it, it's just meant I've learned a ton from him. Yeah. I mean, I tell him that all the time. And, and what I love is he wants to learn from other people. Mm. And so... It is a special group. Um, I think each coaching staff is a little bit like a family. You know, I've I've gotten to work with Track for the last year and a half, and what an incredible group. You know, Mike mm-hmm. Ford, you know, previous student athlete here, national champion, to watch his journey. But just to, you know, when you travel with these groups, um, it's, it's just the neatest little group of people and how they interact with each other. Um, I've been so blessed to work with a number of different, you know, staffs here, coach, you know, Felicia Mulkey, and I, I was their sport administrator for a year and they just all have different nuances mm-hmm. and it just, it's really the best part of your day. I mean, I yeah. love going to practice. I love going over to basketball practice. I love, you know, you circle up, you pray, you know, you get yeah. after it. And so, um, Scott certainly has had, um, a huge impact on my life. I look back at a, a lot of different coaches that have, you know, you are there to help them, but in the end you mm. learn so much from them yeah. as well. That's awesome. Don Rogers, our guest on the Sikkim podcast, the first of 2023. Have you been looking for a new podcast to listen to? Are you interested in true crime, funny one-star reviews or inspiring stories? What about the history of Waco or the famous people who have lived and worked here? All these and more are produced by Rogue Media Network. There are over 80 different shows, including this one, with more coming all the time. If there is a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. Watch on YouTube or listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Katie uh, and Don, let me make sure I've got this. Uh, let me get this chronology right oh, yeah. for you. Okay? Yes. Quite the history. It, it's an impressive history. I wish it had ended here <laughs> at know. Baylor. I but, know. again, Don is moving on. We wish her nothing but the best. Graduate of Ithaca College. Yes. Do you, did you ever meet – do you know uh, Daryl Lanus here in Waco? Did you ever meet Daryl? No. Oh. Now I feel like I've been robbed. Good guy. We got two days to get you with Daryl. Oh, yeah. Because he, uh, I don't think he went to school, but he coached at Ithaca College. Okay. Coached basketball at Ithaca College. Oh, came wow. down here and has been in Waco that. ever since. That's crazy. So when I think Ithaca, I think of you and Daryl Lanus. Yeah, oh. and you know, such a good sports program. You know, I had Coach Butterfield, yeah. who was a national champion yeah. uh, football coach in the Stag Bowl. Um, there was, it was a really great experience. I undergrad, went to Ithaca College, and then I got my master's um, from UMass Amherst. UMass. Okay. And then began down this path. Uh, yeah. You were at Cincinnati. Yes. You were at Temple, Akron. Yes. Xavier, athletic director for a stint at, yes. at Xavier. Yeah. Out to Arizona State. Yes. She's in Phoenix. Oh, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to run the Final Four. <laughs> Just no problem. <laughs> 2017 yeah, Final Four committee out there. That has to been a great experience. And from there to Baylor, that's yes. how you got to Baylor. And as we talked about at the uh, outset, from moving on from Baylor to SMU, uh, what was that Final Four experience like for you? 
it was, you know, it was incredible when I first got to Arizona State, the Cardinal Stadium opened, so they became a future host city. There's only, gosh, and it's changed a little bit, but there's, I think, maybe a, approximately 11 cities mm. that have the specs that can host mm. a Final Four, and so the NCAA was excited to add in um, Phoenix, and so I began um, and, and kind of co-hosted this bid committee and we weren't successful the first time, which was crushing, but instead of hosting it in 2016, which would have been the end of that bid cycle, we ended up being successful and hosting mm. it in 2017. And, you know, part of the attraction of, for that, um, for me to be involved in that was to be able to work with Danny Gavitt, who's, um, you know, vice president of basketball at the NCAA, and Joanne Scott, who is a managing director. Mark Hollis at that um, time was going to be the chair of the men's basketball committee. I still have the napkin where he came up with the concept. You know, you usually have, like, honorary co-chairs, yeah. but we really had four people that we wanted, and he came up with this this great concept of hospitality in the state of Arizona, and we had four, um, you know, co-chairs. And so I was just excited to be able to work with such gifted people. And I, I think that when you're surrounded, and that's certainly the case here at Baylor, when you're surrounded by such talented people, it lifts your game. Mm. You know, you yeah. walk in the door and you're like, I've got student athletes, I've got coaches, I've got people that I work beside that are rock stars, I need to be at my very best. Yeah. And so that's how I felt for the final mm. four. And it was really, it was extraordinary. You know, part of what the local organizing committee has to do is raise all the funds to put on the local events. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the game, the NCAA runs the game, but you put on all the fan events for the corporate champions for the NCAA gotcha. to be mm -hmm. able to um, do all of their activations. And so we had to raise a significant amount of money. And I remember as we were first doing it, people would say, well, what if you don't raise the money? And I said, well, that's not an option. <laughs> so there was, you know, certainly uh, that, was a, bit, <laughs> that was a little bit, that was a little bit stressful, but, um, but what an incredible experience. And we had a small but mighty team mm. that I worked with and it really, you know, it was two years that um, were so exciting for, for us as a family, but it also really cemented the fact that. I love to be in college athletics because I love working with our student athletes. And yeah. so for those two years, we really focused on the, the four teams that would be coming and their student athlete experience and working with the hotels and the venue and the back of the house and all the special things that you do for them. And then what's really cool is I got to be involved in running one mm. and then I got to be in a final four. Yeah, so right. I, I think I'm a trivia question at some you know, <laughs> Ooh, point of right. who's, who's run and then been uh, part of a, a team that has won one. Ooh, yeah. But that right. for me, you're the only one that's, <laughs> I think, you are the only I answer. I might be. Well, and then we joke about it because John Jacobs was at the 2017 final four oh, with wow. Gonzaga. Yeah. And we joke about that. We were, you know, on the same floor for, uh, for two games, but oh. it certainly, it, I feel really privileged to have had that opportunity yeah. and to work with such incredible people in, in Arizona across the entire state um, to, you know, to showcase what, you know, what that state has. So it was really fun. Yeah. So on each of these different stints, we continue to see that you have these philanthropic efforts on top of what you've done. And you'd never talk about them except for to bring awareness to that. You would never say that Don Rogers is doing this, but re you help shape read the final four 
Yes. Read to the Final yes. Four Arizona Literacy Campaign. Tell us, just yes. scratch the surface on that. So that one I was really excited about. Houston had hosted the year before, and they did a fantastic job in the Houston ISD mm. of creating this Read to the Final Four. And so we decided, because you just, you know, I'm in Texas now and everything's bigger in Texas, yeah. but we were like, how do we make this bigger? And so we worked with uh, Helios Foundation, which is a foundation just focused on literacy. Mm. Because if you look at third grade reading levels, they are a predictor mm. of a lot of things. Mm. And and so what we we partnered with Helios and we did a statewide program that allowed any school that wanted to be involved in and this was before COVID mm. in a virtual platform oh. that would allow kids to access books far beyond their library. Cool. And it was really fun because my husband was actually a principal at um St. Catherine um, grade school, and um, they actually made it to the Sweet 16. Oh, so wow. It Amazing. started in January. The kids read. We, we actually did it electronically, and any school in the state of Arizona cool. could be involved. Wow. Public, private, and then um, in January, we went down to 64, and then, you know, we went down to 32 and 16, and then the final four teams got a field trip to um, oh. Fan Fest. Oh, wow. And so that Friday morning, it was very, very cool. And one of the stories, um, this one probably will make me cry, but <laughs> there was one school that, so we started working with the lead eight schools and said, hey, let's just plan on the bus trip. And if you win, if you're a final four team, we'll mm -hmm. pay for it. And so this mm -hmm. one school said, hey, that's great, but we can't afford to do this. Right. So went back to our board and we said, hey, for this school, because they needed like three school buses, we said, um, and we could see the minutes, so we thought they're probably going to be a Final Four team, but yeah. we couldn't guarantee it. And so our board agreed, and we went back to them and said, we'll, we'll pay for it regardless. Let's mm. just get it planned. Wow. They had never done a school trip wow. together the whole third grade. Aww. And they had a number of, like, homeless students wow. that were some of the top readers. And so oh. they'd come in early. They could use any type of tablet. They could use a phone, an yeah. iPad. So it was really, really cool to see how impactful it was and that we could, again, involve the whole state and, yeah. you know, kind of share. Um, you know, I think that's the beauty of athletics, and you see it with our um, – you know, Baylor built mm -hmm. and the community engagement that we have, that you have this incredible platform to be able to give back, yeah. um, you know, to your community. And so that's what we wanted to do with the final mm. four. Very Terrific. cool. Another uh, couple of areas you were involved with here at Baylor, I know are, are near and dear to your heart. Title nine. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and this is the anniversary, 50th anniversary yes. of title nine yeah. this year. And then inclusivity also. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I know those are something you really have, sunk your teeth into and yes. are very passionate about. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, and again, so privileged to have a daughter and see um, just how athletics impacted her. And when I, you know, when I started, um, you know, and I really didn't get involved in athletics until high school and I played volleyball. It's one of the reasons Katie likes me, yeah. to be quite the, honest. The main you ones. Is, you know, yeah, pretty Monks much a couple other yeah, things. Yeah, just pretty small, much it. Small. But I started in track and field and I, and I also played volleyball. And you just, you know, I was not a confident kid. You know, I was, I was very shy and uh, didn't feel comfortable talking in front of people. Well, you kind of unleash that inner beast when you become, mm. a, you know, when you become an athlete. And I've watched it in my daughter. Yeah. And the confidence that she grew um, in playing club volleyball. And so that's what I love about Title IX is it really afforded more girls 
and more women the opportunity um, to to just do be able to do the same thing as you know as their brothers yeah. um, because it it doesn't just help develop women it helps develop men as well and so that has that has been something that has really excited me I, one of the things I love about club volleyball you walk mm-hmm. into a gym. And you see every socioeconomic yeah. size, you yeah. know, the whole thing um, of young, you know, of young women out there playing. And so I've appreciated that. And, and I think in our diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, you know, that has been such a great um, spark of a topic to just be able to talk about. Because that, that, there's a lot of things that go into that as well. And I think, you know, athletic departments are oftentimes the most diverse part of a campus. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love the effort that we've put into of what does our senior staff look like? What do our coaches look like? Just having student athletes that can look and see coaches and administrators mm-hmm. and staff members that look like them. In many cases, prompting them to want, a, you know, a career to be able to see, uh, you know, especially for women coaches. Um, I yeah. love that in the in the in the Big Twelve and Jen Hunter coming in and really talking about the t- intentionality of let's find ways to get more women involved in coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of good topics in that space. I yeah. love that Baylor has, um, you know, delved into them and and talked about. Um, we do the coffee and conversations and. Yeah. One week we talked about um, unseen disabilities and mm. just the things that we don't know, challenges yeah, that people really are, you know, people are dealing with. So I love that we have the freedom here and the intentionality of having those conversations. Yeah. Well, suffice to say, you've made an impact during your time here. here here's the final question for you. Okay. I think, depending oh, on how we've, this goes. We've made it. No tears yet. <laughs> what's, what's the one thing in your heart of hearts you're going to take with you? from your five and a half years here at Baylor? Oh, good one. Oh, my gosh. That's a a great question. One thing. I think um, because, you know, you develop friendships along the way, and and I've always appreciated anywhere that I've been, the people that I've met and the student-athletes that honestly motivate me. But I think the biggest thing from Baylor that I didn't expect was just been my, you know, my spiritual journey mm-hmm. and just coming in. And, and I think that men's basketball was a big part of that, but just in general, the freedom, um, that we have to meet everybody where they are. And I, you know, I, I remember talking about it on my interview and, you know, I'm not someone that talks openly about my faith, but I've become more comfortable in that space mm-hmm. and just, you know, watching our teams pray and be inclusive, um, that is something that has made me more comfortable and certainly strengthened my journey with Christ along the way. Mm. That's drop the mic. That's drop a the great mic. Way I know. I'm like, if something's going to get me, it was that done. Yeah. That is so very wow. well said and know how much we appreciate you and Rob and we're going to miss you all. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, 90 miles away. So I'm sure we'll cross paths at some yes. point and we wish you blessings and nothing but the best as you move on. Thank you. I will be a bear for life there you go. and there will also always be plenty of uh, green and gold in my closet. Oh, there good. You go. I love very hearing good. that. Glad to hear that. Don Rogers, our guest on this week's Sikkim podcast. Hey, I've had the privilege of calling games, telling stories about Baylor athletics for a long time. Storytelling is an art And there's a network in town doing just that. Rogue Media Network has produced over 80 original podcasts and shows ranging from comedy, true crime, business, and sports. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. You can find this podcast and all the other great Rogue Media Network shows on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
All right, uh, great start to 2023, huh, Katie? Yeah, great start. I mean, it really is. I mean, we come back to this bittersweetness. I think Dawn said it best that this industry has so many people that come and go, and, and it's part of it. But I think when you look at the impact that she's made here at Baylor, I know selfishly I sit here thinking about the mentor and friend that it, we are losing here. Um, and so I'm sad, but man, what an impact she's made on so many student athletes and how awesome that SMU gets to have that, yeah. that type of leader, um, over just, what is it? 90 minutes away. Yeah, is that what exactly. we can say? So we can still go see her. <laughs> well, our loss is SMU's gain. Again, we wish Don nothing but the best. And that is this week's Sikkim podcast for Katie Smith, for Don Rogers. I'm John Morris. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for tuning in to the Sikkim podcast powered by Rogue Media Network. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics.